This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. UFC 244. Holy shit. What an event this is going to be. Devin Tejada's on the line with me. Devin, how excited are you for UFC 244, my man? I'm shaking like a leaf in the wind. I am fucking excited. <laughs> I, I love am, it. I'm fucking stoked. Honestly, like, you know, 245 is, is fucking stacked, but as I was telling you earlier, I did not have to watch one minute of tape study on any of these fighters because that's how well-known they are. They're these, these, yeah, these are just bangers, all of them. Right. Yeah, so we're, we're on limited time here because my little one's been out all day. But uh, before we dive into UFC 244, where I give full pickums. before we do that, I wanted to pick your brain. I'm going to give you a little true or false here, okay? I'm going to say something that I think is true, and you either agree with me or you or you disagree with me. You ready for this? Okay. So I'm sure as you've seen online, Yo Romero looks like he's getting the next title shot to our guy, my guy, Israel Adesanya. My statement of truth is that Israel Adesanya is going to finish Yo Romero within five rounds. Is that true or false? So, Because you're um, a Yo guy. I can give you a biased answer or a non-biased answer. Let's hear both. Um, my, so my non-biased answer would be he can potentially finish Yoel, but in those same rights, Yoel is, they have an equal chance to finish each other in five rounds, especially if Yoel doesn't strike with him and he really uses his wrestling pedigree. That could be really troublesome for Israel, but Israel striking could potentially be really, really troublesome for Yoel. Um, Yoel... In the Paulo Costa fight, you know, Yoel has been on the wrong end of a lot of decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that Paulo Costa fight, it could have gone either way. He was, if there was two more rounds in that fight, we kind of know where that was going. Um, so I, I, I really hope it happens because um, Israel is, I, I like Israel a lot. He doesn't shy from, he doesn't shy away from these fights. He wants these big fights. He wants to take it. He wants to, you know, he wants to build his name, his name's already built, he wants to, you know, build his legacy, and Yoel wants to do the same thing, so I, I think it's a wonderful fight, I really hope he gets the fight, I, honestly, I think that this fight will be more competitive than his fight with Paulo Costa. Gotcha, okay, all right, let's just dive in, let's do it, it's the first fight of the night, we got, first fight of UFC 244, this card is fucking stacked, we got Julio Arce, who is 16 and 3, he's a plus 105 uh, underdog, slight underdog. He's facing Hakeem Dawadu, who's ten and one and one. He is a minus one thirty five favorite. Devin, since I have I have came back from the clutches of defeat and have won three straight in a row, I'm going to lead the dance here, and I'm going to go with. I see this is a tough fight for me because Hakeem Dawadu is a guy, Canadian guy. A lot of people are looking at him to be the next Canadian star. Um, very good striker, decent cardio, comes from a good camp. I don't necessarily love him all that much. I'm not in love with him. Julio Arce is a guy who I was pretty high on. I thought he looked pretty average in his Julian Rosa fight his last time out. 
but he has some really good wins on his record. I think he's a solid, solid guy. Can take some good punishment. Only has, I believe, one loss in the UFC, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. He's got a win over Dan Ige, which is impressive. But yeah, his one loss is a Shaman Rice by split decision, which doesn't bode well for Julio because Shaman Rice just got cut from the UFC. Um, I see a lot of people loving Hakeem Dabadu. They're loving his uh, number next to his name. It's kind of a close fight. You know, Julio Arce is a, 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 a more, um, you know, he's a little bit more of a veteran, but I think he's his submissions, I think he mixes up his game up well. If Hakeem Dabadu was on the plus side, I would take him. But since it's Arce, I'm going with the underdog. I'm going with the cash money. I'm starting to, starting to fight card off with an underdog. Devin, who do you like? So that's a good pick, man. Um, he, this is a really tough fight to pick, and I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad this is the curtain jerker, um, because it just goes to show you how good this card really is. Yeah. Um, and it, it's hard to it's hard to pick because you know remember we were talking about last time this went around we were talking about um, we were talking about Daladu and his last opponent, um, and we we kind of just you know we kind of just threw his opponent to the side and we're like, yeah, Hakeem's going to run through this guy. Yeah. This is going to be a, a throwaway fight for him. But, um, you know, Hori was, was able to pose some problems and kind of stump uh, Dawadu in the beginning of, in the, in the first couple rounds of that fight. Um, Hakeem did end up finishing him in the third, um, and it was kind of brutal. Um, but I feel like he sometimes doesn't fight up to his potential. Like, he has all the tools to be really, really good. There's another fighter on this card that, um, I want to say the, that I'll say the same thing about that has all the tools to be a world champion, but just can't put it together. Um, Hakeem Dawadu has put it together, though. He's got a good record. Um, he has really, really good stand-up, really, really good striking. Um, and since since you know since you're going the other since you're going one way, I'm going to go the other, and I'm going to pick Hakeem Dawadu. I don't want to spend too much time on this because there's other fights on this card that are worth a lot more of our time. Correct. Yeah, Hakeem Dawadu, I mean, he's a solid prospect. Hoi Arce, again, another solid prospect. He hasn't been um, super <clears throat> active, so he's kind of slipped a little bit, but he does have a really good record. He does have some good skills. Gets hit a little bit, uh, does Arce, which scares me, um, but I do. Th- he has shown a decent chin. Hakeem Dawadu is uh, is a solid prospect, but yeah, I mean, if, if, if you get me a guy on the plus side, I'm taking it. All right, next up, you got Lyman Good, who's 20 and 5. He's a minus 135 favorite. He is fighting Chase Rencounter, which I fucking nailed that name. He is 14 and 3. He is a plus 105 underdog. Devin, who do you like in this fight, pal? So you nailed the, the last name, but you called him Chase. It's Chance. God damn it. I knew I was going to fuck that. I'm staring at it right now. <laughs> well, you got the last. Nailed the last you remember name. Remember, a couple of months ago, when this guy came around, um, he. I picked him both times. Um, the last, his last two times, I, I picked him both times. Um, this is a hard fucking fight for Encounter, man. Um, this is a really, really hard fight for him. Lyman Good's a big dude. He's powerful. He's really, really strong. Um, and Encounter, I wouldn't say he kind of just pulls his wins out of nowhere, but he's he likes to scrap and make things ugly. Um, I wish I could flop it over to you because I want to see what you're picking because I, I feel like you've been on the wrong side of some Ren counter picks. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, he's, I like him. Um, I like a Ren counter. I just like, I like his style. It's just kind of down and dirty and it, it is what it is. Like he, he's not, you know, he's, 
what it is is what it is. There's nothing too sneaky. He's not doing any hat tricks. He's not, you know, he's not very crafty. It's just, it's, that's it, you know? And Lyman good dude. Like I said, the guy can crack. He's really big. He's really, really powerful. Um, I, it's hard for me to pick a fight. When I break it down, I, I analyze, okay, how are, what are the ways that the X person can win? Um, Chance may have a grappling advantage. Um, he may be able to, to submit Lyman Good, but I don't know. Um, I wish I could flop over to you to hear your pick and hear your analyzation on this before I make my pick. Um, but. Oh, he's struggling. We don't, we don't. Yeah, we don't. But I didn't have any of these fights written down. Um, I'm, I know these fighters, so I'm kind of just going by, by what my gut says. I want to pick Ren Counter. But part of me wants to pick Lyman Good, um, and I guess I am allowed to switch before the fight. Starts. Sure, you can text me. Um, so I'm gonna go Ren Counter just because he hasn't burned me, and I know you've been on the wrong side of some Ren Counter picks when I've been on the right side of some Ren Counter picks. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the betting odds on this fight? It's minus one thirty-five for Good, plus one hundred five for Ren Counter. So there is even odds. Honestly, I feel like um, Lyman Good maybe should be even more, a little bit more of a favorite. Um, no disrespect to uh, Ren Counter there for that one. But I'm going to go Ren Counter. No disrespect, and I'm going to pick him. Um, I might switch, but I'm going to pick Ren Counter for now. Just just because he hasn't burned me, and I, I want he's, he's been the dog, I think, his last two fights that I picked him, and you know he hasn't burned me yet, so let's see what he's got. Well, he has burned me several times, and I'll tell you what, um, I'm going a different approach here. I've been ice cold lately, right? I, I've been picking good fights. I just haven't been winning a lot of money on those. Chance ran counter. I'm 0-2 in his last two fights they picked. I believe he was both underdogs in those fights. Um, Lyman Good's a guy, you know, coming from Bellator. I remember him, Bellator champion, big muscled-up dude. Doesn't fight a ton, doesn't fight often. His last fight out, he got choked out by Damian Maia, which is... You know, that's okay. Damian Maya is an elite, elite grappler. Chance Ring Counter is just so fucking down and dirty and tough and gritty in your face. And he's cardio machine. He's got a good chin. I mean, he's hard to finish. He's got good submissions. It's going to be a tough first round for, for Ren Counter. I think the second round, I think if he wears down Lyman Good, who I do think gasses, Ren Counter can take this fight in, in the way you described it, a real dirty fight. Instead of betting against the guy that's Burmy, I'm actually going to go with him. I'm going with Chance as well. As an underdog play there, um, back-to-back underdog picks. I, I, I just can't go against Ren Counter because he's burned me before. I'm joining Team Ren Counter. Now, it, if he burns me again, he's dead. He's dead. I like the guy, man. I think, you know, and I'm pretty sure by his tattoos, I'm pretty sure he's Native American. And I've always got – a lot of these Native American guys, dude, they just got – something else than a yeah, like Brock Weaver. Fucking, they, yeah, Brock Weaver. Dude, they, they just fucking got it. Like, they just, you know? Yeah, he does have like a dream catcher on his shoulder or something. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it. We're both on the same side as uh, of Ren Counter. So let's go to the next fight. We got Caitlin Chikagian, who's 12-2. and two. She's a minus 160 favorite. She's fighting Jennifer Maya, who's 17-5-1. and one. Um, I lead the dance here. Um, you know, this, this fight I left blank. Um, it, I wouldn't consider it a bowl of spaghetti fight because Caitlin Chikagian is ranked number two in the flyweight and, and Maya is ranked number six. I think they're both talented fighters. They both have losses against Liz Carmouche. 
I'm not going to spend a ton of time in this fight because I know this fight's going to go decision. I know it's going to be a very close fight. I'm sure Chikagian's going to be out there huffing and puffing and yelling loud with her punch strikes, and Jennifer Maya's going to do what Jennifer Maya does. But I like the underdog here. That's three underdog plays for me. I'm going with Maya. I love her at plus 130. Um, I think this is a pick em fight. Devin, who you like? So, I I mean, at, at this point, I'm pretty sure you kind of know how I feel about Caitlin Chikagian. Mm-hmm. Um, She's just like her last fight. I, you know, her last fight, I was not too impressed with her. I feel like she could have potentially lost that fight. It could have gone either way, really. Um, you know, it, she just, she's just not impressive to me. And I feel like if she, I don't, I, I don't know. She does. She, her striking is there, but she's just a decision maker. There's not anything too much exciting about her that, does it for me. Uh, Jennifer Maya, like you said, could just potentially do what Jennifer Maya does. It's probably going to be good thing. It's only a three round fight because fucking five rounds of those, especially two K games. Yeah. Fucking boring. It'd be tough. I mean, that makes me sound like a really horrible MMA. God, sexist. You're so sexist, Devin. No, but (laughs) yeah. Well, there's other women fighters that I absolutely love that are busting balls. eh? You know, if they, I a lot of women fighters are super super technical, and I really respect super super tacticians, super super technical fighters. I respect the fuck out of them. And then if you can, you know, and if you can bang and crack and, and mix that in there, you know, that's what I love. And I just don't feel like Caitlin's technical, but I don't feel like she's that great. Um, I know she's ranked number two in the division, but I just there's just something about her that I don't I don't want to say it rubs me the wrong way, but I just don't like. Her fighting style, I don't think it's very fan friendly, and this is a fan friendly card, so I don't really know why she's on it. Right. But um, anyway, I'm gonna go Jennifer Maya. Um, enough ranting about. Her. I'm gonna go Maya as well. Only reason why is because you're going with Maya, yeah. and if I get this one wrong, you get it wrong too. Right there, you go <laughs> playing the points, playing the sports. That's smart. All right, next up, we got the big boys. We got Andre Olaski, who's 28 and 18. He is a plus 120 underdog. He is fighting Jerezino Rosenstruck, which I fucking nailed that name too. He's 8 and 0. He is a minus 150 favorite. Devin, you got the big boys first. Who do you like in this fight? This is the only fight I took notes on. There you go. This is the only fight I wrote anything on. Um, and truthfully, I I watched a lot of. This is the only thing. I, when I said I didn't do any takes, study, I lied. Um, uh, Rosenstruck is the only guy that any study for just because I know he has a lot of Muay Thai background as well. Um, a lot of kickboxing in his background. And the guy, he's kind of, <clears throat> his footwork is interesting to me and his fighting style is very interesting to me because he likes to counter punch, but he will always, he'll also press the action if he has, if he feels like his opponents are, 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 you know, compromised, he'll, He'll, put, he'll push the action and he'll go for the finish. He, the guy has jumping knees, elbows. He's a really vicious striker. Um, Arlovsky, we all know, everybody, you know, everybody knows who Andre Arlovsky is. He's, a, he's, he's also a great fighter. He's come a long way. He's, there was a point in his career where he was getting knocked out and everybody's saying, oh, Arlovsky's done. And then, like, he's made this crazy turnaround and he's really worked on his stand-up. I'm pretty sure him and uh, Masvidal have the same striking coach. I know they, they roll around together all the time. Yep, yep, they do. And they, he, Arlovsky's boxing and his stand-up has come a long fucking way. Like, he's actually, 
a lot of these older guys that have been in the game for so long, they plateau and they don't, you know, they hit that plateau and they start losing fights and they start getting knocked out. And that's what happened to Andre. But then he went back, you know, he went back and he kind of just, he didn't redo things, but he fights, so he, you know, he worked on his boxing and he, he may not be the same power punching crazy finisher that he was before, but he's, he's good. Um, he's, he's, and he's gotten better and he's learning new things. But um, I think this is going to be a really tough fight for him. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a uh, Rosenstruck. I think. Uh, oh man. I think he's probably gonna finish him. Um, this is a really rough fight for Andre, and I love Andre. Like he's one of the guys that got me into mixed martial arts. Like I, yeah, like it's. Just, I love Andre Arlovsky, and I don't want to see him lose. Um, and I want to pick him. Like if I'm, I'm gonna root for Andre, but I'm not gonna. I can't pick him for this fight. I really think he's 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 probably gonna get stung really bad on the feet. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I like Andre Lasky too. I actually met Andre Lasky, took a picture with him. I do not have possession of that picture anymore. Uh, not as big in person. I felt like I could manhandle him. I'm just kidding. I, I didn't, but he didn't seem that big in person. This fight's diff- This fight's interesting because Jerezino has had a minute and three seconds fight total time in the UFC. Junior diaper boy Albini was his debut, and then he, he basically knocked out Alan Crowder with a jab, which was just kind of a fluke punch. Big, strong, big striker. Um, Albini had him on the ground for a little bit. He battled back from that. Andre Lasky, I think the only way he wins this fight is he takes a fight to the ground. But all his last fights, that's kind of his strategy is to, to take the fight to the ground because his chin hasn't been there. But he hasn't been knocked out since Francis Ganyu back in 2017. All his losses come from decision. Um, and he's fighting some big, heavy hitters. I mean, he fought Walt Harris in and in, in several other people that have some big, heavy knockout power. Um, Rosenstruck's a guy that we don't know a ton about. He does have a kickboxing background. What's his ground like? Albini obviously stinks, so you can't really judge it by that. Uh, I don't see a ton of people picking Andre Arlovsky in this uh, as an underdog. I think he is an, a live underdog. I know Jarzino has this crazy power, and people are uh, scared of that, and I, and I can understand why, but... Um, you know, Olaski's been around for a long time. He's been moving really well. He's at American Top Team now. His boxing coach is different. He does share the same boxing coach with uh, with Mosfell. It's a Spanish guy. I do not know his name right now. But, you know, all the praise with Arlovsky, it's hard to bet against Jarzino. I like the number next to Rosenstreich's name, too, because he is very powerful. Arlovsky does have a chin problem, even though it hasn't shown up in the past two and a half years. He's moving his feet a lot better. He's moving his head a lot better. He's putting his hands up when he's supposed to. He's not gassing out, which is also really important. But if you're Andre Arlovsky, you got to get this fight to the ground because Jarzino is not great on the ground. Arlovsky used to fucking take arms home with him when he fought in the early days. I mean, he wrapped up Tim Sylvia's arm. He wrapped up Tim Sylvia's leg. I mean, the, you know, he was very, very good on the ground, and, and that kind of escaped him. He's kind of more of this, you know, stand-up guy now, which is fine because he's, he's very equipped to do that. But with all the Andre Arlovsky praise, and you praise him as well, I like the guy. I'm going to go with Jarzino. I'm going to go with the square pick. I can't bet against him. This is the first fight I looked at when I looked at the card and I wrote the W next to Jarzino. I just don't have faith in Andre to do it. I think Jarzino's bigger, stronger. And uh, the only way Andre's going to win is if he takes a fight to the ground. Guy's got to take a fight to the ground, but I don't think he's going to do that. All right, next up, we got Brad Tavares, who's 17-5. and five. He is a plus-120 underdog. He's fighting Edmund Shabazian, who is 10-0, and 0, who's a minus-145 favorite. Now, I believe I lead, right? I lead, Devin? I believe yeah, so. You and did. I want to say one more thing about Rosenstruck. Go for it, bud. He, his slip and rip for a heavyweight with Pete, like, he plans his feet and he'll slip and rip 
and he like is dropping fucking bodies with those shots. Like he, yeah. his counter striking is kind of different for a heavyweight, and he's not throwing crazy long and looping stuff either. It's he he likes that check hook. He'll slip and then throw that check hook, and it's fucking dangerous. Um, and I I was just kind of in awe from it earlier. I I thought it was really impressive. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. So you confident? You're, you're confident, yeah, Jay I'm not confident, but I'm just uh, I'm giving my I'm this I don't like I said I want Andre to win, but it's just you know me giving my little bit of respect from what I saw because I, I thought gotcha. it was really impressive. Gotcha. All right, so I think I lead to so Tavares versus Shabazian, and this fight has me in a pickle a little bit. I don't have anything written down. Um, I don't love Edmund Shabazian. I know he's ten and zero. I know he has some impressive wins. I've doubted him in his last few fights. I thought he looked like shit against Darren Stewart. Uh, I thought he looked good against Charles Burden. He looked really good against Jack Marshman. Um, besides Darren Stewart, a lot of those guys aren't big names. You know, he trains out of the old Ronda Rousey camp with Edmund Edmund fucking Tavarian. You know what I mean? Um, Brad Tavares is a solid, solid guy. He doesn't fight a ton. You know, he gave Israel, Israel Adesanya fits for five rounds. That was his last fight back in uh, July of 2018. So he's taking some time off, and he tends to do that. He fights a big fight, and he takes some time off. Um, Brad Tavares is is no easy feat here. He's he's incredibly tough, incredibly durable, good grappling. His his biggest weakness has been his grappling, but I feel like he's really good on top and really bad on bottom, like most guys who don't come from a jiu-jitsu background. Shabazian has shown that he can take the fight to the ground and kind of win everywhere. He did that with Jack Marshman. He did that in his Darren Stewart fight. He took Darren Stewart down repeatedly. Um I don't want to. I don't want to pick Shabazian because he is a favorite. But I'm going to have to pick Shabazian. I think he is a little younger, a little more has more skills. I think he can probably outbox Tavares. Um, and but Shabazian has gassed in the past, so if he gasses, he's going to be in real big trouble. Tavares. I think Tavares is an active, active live dog here. Um, I just can't pull the trigger on him. I'm, I'm going to go with the square pick. I'm going to go with Shabazian. Devin, do you like the uh, Hawaiian Tavares or do you like Shabazian? So. As you're going on there, um, I kind of just glimpsed through uh, Brad Tavares' record. You know, I'm, I'm all the way back in 2000. I'm all the way back in 2010 now. And he's kind of just, he'll get a big fight here and there, and then he'll kind of have like a run-of-the-mill, you know, competition. You know, a lot of decisions on his record against a lot of, you know, so-so guys. And in the middleweight, in the middleweight division, like, they, think back of all the, the past few bigger middleweight fights there's a lot of finishers in the middleweight division mm-hmm. like middleweights come a long way and um i just feel he kind of has peaked out and i don't see i haven't seen him recently make improvements there's a lot of space he's fighting once or twice a year so there's a lot of gap in between his fights um and who knows what he's doing i'm, I'm sure this is his, his main focus in life i'm sure he doesn't have job or anything you know I mean, this is his, this is a job but i just don't think he's making strides and making improvements and it's really hard it's just really hard for me to pick him when you know i feel like he's standing on the top of the hill but edmund shabazian is trying to climb the mountain that's next to the hill mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like it's it's edmund's also good he's technical he does like you said he's good and technical he has good striking he can submit um, I don't like the camp he comes from. I don't like the camp that he. I don't like the camp that Shabazzian fights at. Nobody can fight for that guy. That guy's a fucking clown. Dude, he's just 
he's just fucking crazy. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't understand how he is. <laughs> I don't even know how he's allowed to coach mixed martial arts <laughs> because, like, you know, you and I together could open our own gym and do fucking twenty times better than that. Yeah, guy. fuck that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just, yeah. he's just a strange yeah. character. Um, so it's hard for me to like put my comp. When you think about guys, um, when you think about guys, you're like, okay, blah 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 blah. What what what? Like you know, camp are they fighting out of? And that actually makes a big difference in your picks. Like uh, it makes a huge difference. I really can. I really consider. Okay, who's his? You know, who's his coach? Who's he? Where's he training out of? Who's he training with? And I just don't know why he's at that camp. I am gonna pick Edmund Shabazi in two as well. Um, Brad Tavares, I just feel like he's hit that plateau. Um, he looked okay against Israel. He had some, you know, spots of something shine, shine through on him in that fight. But, you know, he's, he knocked out Jocko, you know, right. April 14th, 2018, but that's not saying much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited to see this fight. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking Shabazian's going to take it. And I'm, I'm, I don't know. It could be another decision because Brad, Brad Savaris fights a lot. Right. Probably going to be another He's hard to finish. Yeah, I don't think. I don't know. Edmund can finish, but I don't know if Tavares is going to finish. I'm no, not, Tavares won't finish, but I don't think uh, it'd be tough for Edmund to finish. All right, next up, yeah. we got a banger here. We got a banger in the featherweight division. We got Shane Burgos, who's 12 and 1. He is a minus 245 favorite. He is the biggest favorite on this card. He is fighting Makwan Amirakani. Who is 16, 16 and three? He's a plus two hundred five underdog. Devin, who do you got, pal? I've kind of gone back and forth on this. I've really kind of gone back and forth on this. I can't believe Shane Burgos is such a big, is such a big um, favorite. Like, and and I I can't believe that that's the biggest favorite on this card. That's that should just show you how good these fights are going to be. How everybody split, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Americani's had some impressive performances. He's a good fighter. He puts things together, but man, Shane Burgos is strong. He can crack. He's big for that division. Um, this is the one fight that you, we texted about this fight. You, you texted me about this fight. Um, and this is kind of the one I'm most torn on, actually. Um, I think I'm going to go with Burgos just because he can be a little bit bigger and then a little more powerful, a little more powerful. They're, they have both shown times to be hittable as well so this you know this can end really great for the fans i'm, I'm gonna go with burgos and but i'm i'm really excited to see this one. shane burgos all right um i'm glad you went burgos because i'm going to Miracani, and the only reason why is i was very torn on this fight as well we've been picking a lot of the same fights on this card we only differ on one if Miracani is a plus 205 underdog and that's the biggest underdog on the card against a guy, Shane Burgos, who I think is very talented and, and, and should be a favorite, maybe not this high, but Amir Khani has some real skills. He's a very tricky fighter. He's he's really good on the ground. He's hard to figure out. He's going to maybe run a lot of this fight. Burgos is kind of a plant his feet, go for kind of guy, bind in the mouthpiece and fucking throw hands. I like that. He's a New Yorker. Um, he, he's tough as shit. He's impressed me every time he's fought, right? And they're trying to build these guys up. Amir Khani, again, kind of got wrapped up in that playboy lifestyle. You know, he's banging all the chicks in Finland. Um, used to train with Connor. I don't know if he does anymore. I'm not sure if he's at SPG or not. But when Amir Khan is at a plus 205 and I get the extra points, you're going opposite of me. You're going oppo. I'm going to go Amir Khan. Um, I'm not confident in the pick. I probably won't bet it 
But for our points system, I'm going to go Americani. Um, I do think he's is a little bit trickier on the ground. I don't know if he can get the fight to the ground. I do think he's got to kind of stall, maybe circle, avoid contact, and maybe just stick his jab out there, throw some kicks at range. He's kind of a longer guy. Um, Burgos is going to come headhunt a little bit. I think he could probably catch Americani's head, um, but with the number and everything, I I, I can't go against Americani. That's it. Yeah, I, you know I this up until I made the Shane Burgos pick, I was on Americani. So yeah, I was on Lockwood. So that should you know that should tell you something. Yeah, you've been hot. I've been ice cold. You've been hot. So this this is this is a real big rebound. You make me step my game up. I'm going to the sports book on Friday. I need winners. I might just fade myself and go with your pick since you've been so hot lately. If I'm being honest, dude, with you know, like not everyone gets to hear all my picks, <laughs> but like I'll, we'll text each other our picks, and um, I've been at least the main, the you know, the co and the main, the last few cards. I've been the ones, you know, that we haven't, we don't share all of our picks, right? You know, always if you're picking on you know the cards that aren't main cards or sorry, uh, pay per view events. You know, I'll text you my pick, and we'll we'll have multiple conversations on it. And uh, I've been getting some stuff right. These, these guys haven't heard it, but right, yeah, and I've, yeah, yeah. And, and I've been ice cold. Like, I mean, I'm doing okay on my overall picks, but when it comes down to put money and winning money, I'm doing dreadful, dreadful. But listen, it's gonna turn around. I'm gonna bet every single fucking fight on this card. Um, and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to come home with a fucking boatload of cash. All right. Next fight. Really excited about this fight. I can't believe this is on, on the main card headline prelimer. We got Corey Anderson, 12 and four. He's a plus plus one thirty five underdog. He's fighting Johnny Walker, who is 17 and three. He's a minus minus one fifty five favorite. I believe I lead the dance here. Um, listen, really tough fight to pick really, really, really hard fight to pick. I, I I'm not sold on Johnny Walker. I, I, Listen, this is a guy that wasn't sold on John Jones when he first came in. I was, I was, I was a Phil Davis guy, believe it or not. As embarrassing as that is, I've even put money on Ryan Bader to beat John Jones years ago. I'm not, uh, you know, equipped to really love people that come on the scene that everyone loves. Like, right, everyone's shuck, sucking Johnny Johnny Walker's dick. He's looked great. He's he's destroyed everyone that's put in front of him. But he does have three losses. And I went back and I looked at some of his losses, and there were some ugly losses. Now I know they were a while ago. He has been knocked out before. Now I don't think he has to worry about getting knocked out with. Corey Anderson. However, Corey Anderson is a cardio freak for 205. The guy does not stop. He's a very good wrestler. He's a very good chain wrestler. His boxing's coming a long way. Uh, you know, he's working with Mark Henry in Jersey. You know, it's not I me. Mean, he's not going to knock anybody out, but he does have some decent boxing, at least to get into wrestle. And he's not slowing down. We haven't seen enough of Johnny Walker in the UFC to know where his cardio is at, right? We know he has explosive power. We know he does that dumbass worm dance and blows his shoulder out after he knocks somebody out. The level of competition hasn't been great. I mean, Misha Serkinov, his last time out, was, was a decent win. That was his biggest win. Destroyed him, right? But Misha's been knocked out before, and, and he's had an up-and-down road at 205. I know he just won his last fight against Jim Crew because Jim Crew's a fucking bonehead. But um, this is a tough fight because, I, you know, listen, I'm not all in on Johnny Walker, and I don't love Corey Anderson. I think Corey Anderson, you know, he's calling for title shots in the UFC saying, like, hey, bud. You don't you don't move the needle like you're excited you're not exciting enough and he's and he's trying to do things more exciting he's going on Joe Rogan he's doing things to put himself out there he's talking shit online um, reports are that he's turned down countless fights and that's the reason the UFC's kind of punish him 
Um, everything in my body wants to kind of make me lean towards Corey Anderson because I do think Corey Anderson has a really good style to beat Johnny Walker with the cardio and the wrestling and just just constant forward pressure, which he's going to bring. But Corey Anderson's been knocked out before by heavy strikers. Jimmy Manowalk comes to example. He's been caught before. He's been knocked out before. Johnny Walker is the next guy. He's calling out John Jones. A lot of people have eyes on this guy. I'm going to pick Johnny Walker. I'm not super confident about it, if I'm being honest with you, but I'm going to go with Johnny Walker. I think for the division, it's better for Johnny Walker to win, and it's 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 a good way for me to be constantly wrong about somebody. Devin, do you like Johnny Walker? Or you like Corey Anderson, bud? You know, I don't want to say way before the uh, – I don't want to be one of those guys. Like, oh, I heard that song before it came out. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Oh, no. But, like, right when I saw Johnny Walker, I saw him in the Contender Series, and I was like, okay, okay, cool. And then I just saw him fuck up Khalil Roundtree. Yeah. And and I was already, you know, almost, I'm still not 100% sold on him. He has right. to be Corey Anderson for me to be sold on him. Right. Um, he has to fucking finish him viciously for me to be like, okay, this is some real shit. Right. Um, if it goes to some boring fucking decisions who are like, you know, Corey Anderson has three minutes of control time on top in Johnny Walker's guard, but does not do much. And then maybe Johnny Walker stuns him on the feet every round and it goes to a decision. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like if it's one of those fights and, and Johnny Walker, you know, wins that way, I won't be sold on him. But say if he does a 30 second finish, I might not be very sold on him either, but say he can get him out of there. Like we need more time. We need his, yeah. We need yeah, to like, see some time on him. Like two minutes. If he can, if he can sit there and defend a takedown or two, and then maybe finish him within the first two minutes of the second round, you call me a hundred percent sold. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and that's what we're gonna see here. It's a great fight for him to test himself because if he does, if he does beat Corey Anderson, he'll probably fight Don Jones next. Um, or maybe they'll put him against the winner of Jacare and Vlahovic, and then maybe that winner. Maybe the winner out of those two, and they fight, will fight John Jones. But um, he's moving the needle. He's a needle mover. He's probably who else is really talked about in two hundred five more than Johnny Walker besides you know like John Jones. Dominic Reyes is the only guy. Yeah, yeah. Like who? But who? Who? Are, who do more people? I feel like more people talk about Johnny Walker even than oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, like, I, I, it's hard. It's it's a great fight for him to to see if he can defend those takedowns. Um, Corey Anderson is a, like you said, he's a cardio machine, beast in twenty five eight, which is probably the best nickname. Just kidding. <laughs> you mean the worst? Yeah, I'm about to say the best yeah, worst nickname. The absolute worst. <laughs> but uh, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, that actually go that does go to show his style though. He's a fucking grinder. Like it's beyond twenty four seven. The guy fucking grinds. Um, so it, it's. He has been knocked out. He's been compromised. Like you said, Manawa took him out. Manawa can crack, but for every bit, as, for every bit as much as Manawa can crack and as athletic as he is, Johnny Walker has more tools and probably hits harder and is bigger and probably more athletic. Um, and I, I just, I'm going to go with Walker. Um, I'm just rambling about Walker. I like him. I'm impressed with him. I think he'll, I, I think he'll probably finish. Um, Hoping it's not a boring fight. I'm really hoping it's it's like we were just saying, you know, end of the first round, maybe defend a couple takedowns. Show me, show me something more. 
Right. And I think everyone's kind of won that too. They want they want to see more from Johnny Walker, and I think we're going to get in this fight. I think this is a good matchup for him. So you ready? One question before yeah, we, go ahead, buddy. If you said that you can't believe that this is on the, the main card, so if you had to pick one fight from the main card to switch this fight with, who would you pick? What, what, what Steven fight? Thompson, Vincente Luque, no doubt. No question. Okay. Maybe that even Derek Lewis. Time. Maybe even Derek Lewis because he's got a big name and he could probably headline the prelim because you know that's what they do. They put a big name on the prelim. But, I mean, it makes sense with the UFC because they want more eyes on Johnny Walker. Because more people, I think, watch ESPN than order the pay-per-view. But, um, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think this guy needs a main card slot. Maybe even his next fight will be main event, co-main event for sure. But, um, you, know, you know, UFC knows what they're doing. I'm not going to question them. All right. But are you ready for the main card? Ready to get the um, meat potatoes? One more, one more thing on yeah. that. I get if that if – that, if the, are the prelims on – they're not on regular live ESPN, though, TV, are they? I think, I think so, right? I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like sure. Because I, if that is, that could really mean something then. Right. Um, I think they have to be. It's a huge, it's a huge thing. The, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the World Series is going to be over tonight. I think it's at ESPN 2. ESPN 2? Okay. That's, That's what I thought. I said. So I, I'm thinking that, you know, maybe if it was the other way around, they'd have that, you know, they'd have that heavyweight fight there in their place. With Derek Lewis, but anyway, all right. Let's let's start the main card. Okay. Yes, me too. Yeah, main card time. Boy, oh boy, let's get in the meat potatoes here. First fight of the night. The fight I'm probably looking forward to to the most, besides the main event, maybe the co-main event too. We have Kevin Lee, who is 17 and five. He's a plus 155 underdog. He is fighting one of my guys, one of my fringe guys, a guy who I've I've looked at uh, a lot before even the UFC. Gregor Gillespie, who is a who's thirteen and zero, he's a minus one ninety favorite, pretty hefty favorite. I know a lot of people love Kevin Lee for this fight. Devin, who you got, buddy? Who you got in this uh, very very interesting uh, lightweight matchup? So um, when we first started the show here, I was talking about guys that have all the potential to be. And I knew who exactly who you were talking about. I swear I did. Couldn't put it together. Um, it's Kevin Lee. He has super underrated grappling. Um, his, his ability to take down, get a body triangle from the back and choke people out is really good. He's, he's really, really out of the whole 155 pound division, setting up that straight, you know, attack that he does. He really likes to get people down. He really likes to take the back and he really likes to choke people out. Um, he's really good at that. He's really good at setting that up, but, guys defend it um and his fight iq is just i don't know where it's at i really really don't know where it's at um everybody's making a big fuss saying you know he's over at tristar now you know blah 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 but i just don't you know i'm not i'm not in love with kevin lee i was high on kevin lee for a while um and i don't i just don't know i don't know where his head's at now i really don't know where his head's at um, Gregor is a crazy cardio machine. He's going to be outsized in this fight. Kevin Lee has a crazy long reach. He has a 77 inch reach. There, he he's going to be he's going to definitely outsize Gillespie. Um, Kevin Lee may have a hair or better hands, but what Kevin Lee does best and where he wants to where he wants to be is I it's just I don't think it's better. I don't think he does what he does better than what Gregor Gillespie does. Um, 
Kevin, if this was a five round fight, I would be all over Victor Gillespie even more than I am already now. Um, I'm going to pick the best fisherman in MMA, um, not just because I'm a fisherman myself, but I think he has all the tools to put this together. This guy's a fucking cardio machine. Um, if you just follow him on Instagram, he's, I'm sure you do. He's, he, he's just going at it super hard, always super hard. And Kevin Lee kind of, you know, maybe the spotlight went to his head. You can tell he really enjoys his time in the spotlight. Um, if you look at Gregor Gillespie's social media, it's him like just doing some crazy, some crazy workout. And Kevin Lee, it'll be him, you know, like playing a video game with a Tesla driving. Yeah. Um, right. Just two, just two, two different lifestyles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, two different, two different people that have their heads in two different places. Um, I don't, I don't trust Kevin Lee anymore. Um, I think if Al can, if Al can defend what he defended in his last fight with Kevin Lee, I think if Al can defend those back takes and as sneaky as Al can be and as good as Al can be on the ground, I think Gregor is just 10 times better and he can push it hard. I think, I think Kevin Lee can be broken mentally. He can be broken. Um, and once he finds out his plan is not going to work, his plan B is normally so I like I'm going to go Gregor. Like it. Uh, real quick question before I break this down. Who's a better fisherman, you or Gregor Gillespie? Um, unfortunately for him. Yeah. You got it. You got him. <laughs> you know, um, I'll, if Gregor Gillespie, if you ever listen to this show. He does. I know. He's freaking better. Yeah. Um, if you ever are anywhere near the Northwest, reach out to me, Devco's Fishing on Instagram. I would take you fishing. Um, you'll have a damn good time. There you go. There you go. Nice little invite there. Okay. So I've made no bones about it that I'm a big Gregor Gillespie guy. I liked him before he came in the UFC. I knew about him. He's a New York guy. Um, trains out of a weird camp in New York. He's not with any of the big affiliate with the big guys, which is very unusual because there's some really good camps out there. Obviously, Wyman, Sarah Longo, you got the Jersey guys, you got Renzo Gracie, but he's elite, elite wrestler. He went to Edinburgh University, is, you know, multiple time champion, whatever it is. I don't know his credentials offhand. He's looked great in the UFC. He's looked really good. His striking's come along. His cardio's fantastic. His wrestling's bar none. His jiu-jitsu's really good as well. He's got some submission wins on his record. Kevin Lee's a guy, you know, who, who, who's his last four fights, I think, were in main events or co-main events, at least. He's been in the spotlight um, he's very talented. He's very, he's very, very good. But yeah, I think, you know, it's always something with them, right? When he was at 55, I can't make 55. Let's go to 165. Well, the UFC's like, Hey, we're not going to make a 65 division. Okay. I'll go to 70. Then he goes to 70 has the same problems. He had at 55. Oh, I'm not big enough for 70. I got to have a 165. Well, then he, go, you know, he switches camps, left Vegas, goes to TriStar, which I think is a good move. Hopefully, it works on his cardio. Uh, Faraz is a great uh, great teacher, great coach out there. But I don't know if it's enough. I don't know if his cardio is enough. I don't know if his game's enough, right? His chin's a little bit iffy. He has been hurt before. He's been dropped before. Very good on the ground. I think his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu, are really, they really work well together. However, he has been taken down before. I mean, he's been taken down in, in quite a few fights. I don't think his takedown offense is all that great. Um, I do think his jiu-jitsu is pretty good, but Tony Ferguson got him. And Tony Ferguson is a freak. We all know that. Tony can submit anybody. But it's not like Kevin Lee's his ultimate, you know, elite black belt. 
I think Gregor Lefty is going to push the pace on him. I think Gregor Lefty is going to have a really timid first round. He doesn't fight often, so he's going to feel it out in the first round. I think the first round will probably be fairly close, I would imagine. Not super high-paced. Second round, he's going to start turning on. Third round, I think he's going to get a finish. I'm going Gregor Lefty finish here. Um, he is a little high. He's minus 190, and a lot of people keep talking about how he hasn't fought anybody. How Gregor hasn't fought anybody. Kevin Lee's fought so, 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 so. I take that into account sometimes, but also sometimes I like to look at the guy's talent and look at the guy's skills. And even though Gregor hasn't fought that many high-level guys and he doesn't fight all that often, his skills all jump off the page to me, jump off the screen to me. I can't ignore those skills. He can only beat the people they put in front of him. Um, so I'm going Gregor Gillespie big here. I'm gonna get. I think I'm gonna. He's gonna get a finish. I know that's tough. Kevin Lee does not get finished all that often. He's been five rounds with some really tough people. I know Tony Ferguson got him. He's been finished once or twice before. But I think Gregor Gillespie is gonna make a big, big statement here in New York City. And uh, I think he's 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 a tough matchup for anybody at lightweight. I love this fight jumping off the card. I love it. I love it. I love it. And if Gregor, if you're listening. My guy Devin's a better fisherman than you, bro. You just got to prove it. Go up to the go up to uh, Spokane and and prove him wrong. Let's do it, man. Called out Gregor for it. Called him out. One more, yo, one go more for thing it. Thing on that, um, just about what you were saying there. Another thing I really take into play, and I know you do too, is is where's their head at? You know, right? What what is what's their lifestyle? Um, not training, and what's their lifestyle that's not fighting? Um. And Gregor's is only fighting. Right. And that, that should just tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. Um, people like that, he's committed. He's committed his life to this. Like you said, he comes from a crazy wrestling pedigree. He's been doing this since he was a kid. He's been the best of the best. He's always been the best. No, he just got to prove it. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm, I just, that's why I think I'm used. I just, I'm still impressed with Gregor. I, I think he's great. There you go. All right. Next up, we got the big boys. We got Derek Lewis, who's 21 and 7. He's a minus 105. Uh, what is he? He's a favorite right now. Or, excuse me. He's a slight underdog right now versus uh, Blago Ivanov, who is 18 and 2. He's a minus 125. Both in a minus column. Pretty much a pick him here. I'll lead the dance. Um, listen, Derek Lewis is great when he wins, right? The post fight interviews are electric. I follow his Instagram, it's fantastic. Blagor Ivanov has got a crazy life. He's been stabbed or whatever. It looks like the guy fights fucking bulls when he's not fighting. Um, I don't have a lot on this fight because Derek's coming back from a torn ACL. I don't think Derek is as good as he thinks he is, and I don't think he's as good as other people think he is. He has one way to win this fight, and that's laying a big shot. I don't know if it can happen. Uh, Derek gets hurt a lot. I don't think his chin's that great. His body's weak. Um, Blagoy has shown me a lot in his last two fights. He's got a chin. He's got cardio. He does have a really pretty good, interesting ground game as well. He's not gonna. He's not a killer on the ground, but he can get this fight to the ground. Derek's like a fish out of water off his back, and he also has cardio issues. With being out for over a year, with having a knee injury, I think it's a no-brainer to take uh, Blagoy here. I'm really surprised the line is the way it is. I figured it'd be a little bit higher in Blagoy's favor, but listen, I'll take the I'll take the free money. Uh, Devin, who you got in this fight? So um, I'm just going to say that this is the first time that I'm going to pick Blagoy even off in, in recent times. Um, and just like you said, um, I really love Derek Lewis. I, I I like when he gets on the mic. He's a great he's a great fighter to be a fan of. Um, and he's great to root for, you know, look at his Volkov fight, getting pieced up, pieced up, pieced up with like four seconds left. He just obliterated him and sent him to back to fucking Russia. Um but Blagoy, Blagoy can take a shot. He's a little bit plotting. 
but he can give it too. He can crack hard. Um, he might not hit as hard as Derek Lewis, but these guys are heavyweights. Derek Lewis, um, back to the headspace thing, and a lot of these fights are really going to come down to that because there's such close fights that you know, it's like where these where's their heads going to be. That's that's what it's really going to come down to. And I think Derek Lewis can just be broken. Um, like mentally, he'll like you said, he can take. He's weak in the body, but I don't. It's 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 that. But I feel like also he's like, okay, well, I've already got my paycheck. Fuck this. I'm going to just shell up, I'm going to turtle up, and I'm going to, you know, let the ref stop this. Um, I've seen him do it. I feel like he did it in his JDS fight. Um, his DC fight, he kind of was just like, fuck it, guys took my back, this is my main event, I'm getting a multi-million dollar paycheck, let him fucking choke me out. And I just feel like Derek Lewis kind of does that. Um, Blagoy's tough, too. He can really, really put it to him. Um, and I feel like if he... And, and Blagoy can also grapple. And Derek Lewis, you know, just like you said, he's He's, he's, he can just be broken. His cardio is not there. He's, he's a fish out of water on his back. Um, I'm going to go with Blagoy as well. And it's the first time I'm, I'm taking Blagoy in, in, in recent times. He's got a great record too. And, and Blagoy is also fought great guys. Yeah. This is going to be a good fight. Derek Lewis could absolutely go in there and just, and fucking crush him and put a crater in, in Blagoy's skull or, you know, Blagoy could tune him up or it could be a decision. You know, I, I, I'm going to go up Lagoy, but it's hard to pick because it's really hard to ever count Derek Lewis out of a fight. If these odds were um, any, if, if Derek Lewis was a, a big underdog, I'd say put some money on him because he's he's the one guy that you can almost count on with that. Right. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I mean, Lagoy is, is super underrated and, and a guy that, you know, his only loss, I believe, is to JDS in the UFC. I, 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 I'm sure he's, he's got two losses, but I'm not sure what his other one is. Haven't looked at his record. Let me dive into it real quick. Did he lose? Okay, he lost like his very first fight. Wait, hold on. Wait. Oh, okay. He lost to uh, Alexander Volkov in uh, in Bellator forever ago, 2014. Okay. All right. But that's nothing to fucking hang your head on. Man. No, sure not. That's nothing to hang your head on. Sure not. Okay. Next up, fight that a lot of people seem to like. I don't love it for whatever reason, but it's Stephen Thompson. He's 14 and 4 and 1. He's a minus 130 favorite. He is fighting Vicente Luque, who is 17, 6 and 1. He's a plus 105 underdog Devin, who you got in this welterweight shot, bud? So a lot of people are high, really, really high on Vincente Luque. I respect him. I think he's a great fighter. Um, and I, I'm kind of high on him too. Um, but that Mike Perry fight, like if he didn't, if that knee wouldn't have crushed his nose and made him bleed like that, I don't think he would have won that fight. Um, if that would have maybe hit him in the eye and made his eye blow up real big. And then it went you know, to the decision. I think Perry would have taken it. It could have still gone either way. Um, and I think people are kind of just sleeping on Steven Thompson here. Um, I, I know he got knocked out in his Pettis fight, but he's never really been brutally finished like that outside of that. And it's not like he was, you know, it's not like he was getting, Anthony Pettis was getting tuned up really bad on the feet. Steven Thompson is slick as fuck. He's really got really, really slick, slick stand up. He's got the awkward style. Um, Vincente Luque can grapple. Um, and, Steven Thompson has shown that he can he has good pretty good grappling defense. You know, like not a lot of guys can take him down. Luke, the problem with Luke is he might he'll probably try to stand and strike with Steven Thompson. And I think that people are, you know, one knockout loss like that, and people are really, you know, taking him for granted, I feel like. Steven Thompson's good. He might a lot of people are saying he's washed up and a lot of people are saying he's done. We're going to find out in this fight because Vincente Luque is on the up and up, and a lot of people are saying Stephen Thompson is on a down, you know, on a downward slope. 
Um, and this is the first time I've actually probably ever on this thing we do here where I pick a fighter that is not on the up and up. Usually I like to pick the up and up fighter, um, but I want to pick Stephen Thompson here. I'm, for some reason, I think they're going to pick him too. Yeah, I've been back and forth on this fight. Um, I don't love what I see with Vicente Luque. I think you're right. I think with without that knee against Perry, he was in trouble. He was in trouble in the Brian uh, Barberino fight as well. He fought really dumb. He could have taken that fight to the ground. He didn't. He stood and banged. Took a lot of unnecessary shots. Obviously, he got the finish. It was an epic finish, but he took a lot of unnecessary shots. I, I, I think his striking is very good. I think his grappling is good. I think he has a good darsh choke. I don't know how he gets his fight to the ground because, you know, Tyron Woodley had trouble getting Stephen Thompson down, and I don't see how Vincent, Vincent Luque can do that. A lot of people are talking about Stephen Thompson's demise because he got knocked out by Pettis, and you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, listen, he was, he was tuning Pettis up in that fight. He got with a hit with a Superman punch off the cage right on the button and got knocked out, right? That was his only time he's ever been knocked out. He's been dropped in a few other fights, but, you know, uh, you know, it happens to everybody. I and mean, he's been, he has over 200 something American kickboxing, uh, karate or whatever the fuck it is fights. And he's got, you know, 19 MMA fights. You know, it's bound to happen. You know, every time you step in there, it's going to happen. Not every time, but eventually. Um, I, I don't know why I don't like this fight. I, I, I think Steven Thompson maybe deserved like a bigger name. I know they're, they're promoting Luke. A. I know they're trying to get him up there. I know they're trying to, you know, this is might be the next guy, you know, he's knocking people out. He's very exciting. I get that. But, uh, I thought Steven was going to come back and fight maybe a little bit higher ranked guy, a little bit, uh, you know, maybe someone in the top five. Cause he has a name. I understand the placement on the card. I just, I don't love the matchmaking here. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, I think I'm going to be wrong. I think it will be an exciting fight. Yes. I'm picking Steven Thompson. I think he's going to win probably uh, a close decision. I think he's going to kind of stay away from Luke a and just really pepper him on the outside, throw some kicks, um, and, and just kind of dance around in, in, in a typical Steven Thompson fight. I, I don't see this going any other way. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad we agree on that because Vincente Luque, as time goes on, he's too willing to fight the fight of his opponent. Like he's too willing to fight their fight, and that's not gonna like that. When you fight somebody that's as good at as striking as Stephen Thompson, even if Stephen Thompson just plays the outside and outpoints him, um, which is safe and which is very very doable for him, then like. Stephen Thompson finished Robert Whitaker. Right. Like, right. Like he's, like he's fucking like the guy. Like people forget, man. People forget. Like one knockout, and people. It's, it's crazy how a lot of these MMA fans are, man. Like, I know. I know. Don't, yeah. Don't <laughs> I don't think Stephen Thompson's dead at all. I think this will be a good fight for him. I think this is a good matchup. I just, I just thought maybe he gets someone higher. All right. Co-main event time. <sighs> This is a big one for me. This is this is this is a hard one for me. All right, so we got Kelvin Gastelum, who's sixteen and four. He's a minus two hundred favorite. He is fighting Darren Till, who's seventeen two and one. He is a plus one sixty underdog. I lead the dance here, and uh, I've been dreading picking this fight because I love Darren Till. Um, he's my guy. He was he was one of the very first entries of my guy when I started this podcast. Essentially, I won a ton of money on Darren Till against Donald Cerrone. So I have a very special place in my heart for Darren Till. I hate this matchup. I've said it for months. This is a dumb matchup. He's first time at 85, at least in the UFC. Um, he's fighting a guy who almost was the champion. Kelvin Gaslam is super skilled, super talented, um, is unbelievably tough, and has great boxing, great power, good wrestling, cardio shaky, amazing chin, right? He, he, he's literally, if he gets his cardio shaped up, he's going to he's gonna be a world champion for sure. Um, Darren Till is having visa issues right now. He's not even in New York. Apparently he's getting in New York tomorrow. I don't love that, 
But regardless of the situation, the only thing I can I can come back to, the only thing I can keep saying in my head, right, is Kevin Gaslam is is supposed to be a 170, right? Darren Till's a huge 170. Darren Till will have the size advantage here. Kevin Gaslam will have the boxing advantage and the power advantage and the wrestling advantage. But Darren Till, I think, will have the cardio advantage. I think if Darren Till fights smart, he can somehow sneak out a win in this fight. I don't love it, but Darren Till's my guy. I'm a loyal, loyal guy. I love him. I'm going with Darren Till. By a miracle and a prayer, I feel like this is one of the things where he could shock the world. But Kelvin, I've been watching I've been watching I've been watching the embeddeds, and Kelvin seems very comfortable. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he looks a little out of shape, a little overweight. Um <laughs> Is but, this everything you're doing to talk yourself I'm going, I'm going Darren Till, and I hope to make a lot of money. I'm betting him too. I'm not just picking him for the picks because I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm picking him as my guy. I will be putting real money on Darren Till for this fight as well. So, uh, with your laughter, Devin, you're you're laughing in my I'm face. Right. I'm assuming I know who you're picking, but go ahead and break this down for me. No, you know, um, you you're not wrong about everything you said. Um, I'm looking at the at the rankings at 185 right now, and I just don't think that this is a smart matchup for Till at all. I think this is a terrible fight for Till. Um, not terrible. Like, he should have fought... I don't even know if I'd pick him against Uriah Hall. Um, he should have fought, like, Derek Brunson. You know what I mean? Or maybe Jocko. Or, or even Edmund Shabazian. Like, that might have been... Um, or even Brad Savaris, like that would be a great fight. Him versus Brad Savaris, that, right. that would show you where that would show you where he's really at. You know, you you you're um, not wrong. And I don't know. Um, Aaron Till is ranked number ten right now at one seventy. Um, he's got a lot of people above him. Um, he's he's shown his he has shown his weakness. He has shown his um, defensive issues, and I feel like that's one of his major problems, defensive issues. Um, Masvidal, you know, it's funny that they're fighting on the same card. Um, and that he's coming and venting. But, um, just like what Masvidal did, like, Masvidal was slick and caught him. Um, used that switch step, that switch step, uh, stop part of orthodox and just fucking, you know, caught him. And I think that, I don't think that Kelvin Gastelum is as slick as Masvidal, but I think that for every bit that he lacks in his little in his slickness, he has the power. And Kelvin Gastelum is also slick. He's really, really good at getting on the inside. He has good footwork. He can potentially gas, but this isn't a five round fight. Everything that would give everything that would give Darren Till any any edge on this would have to be a five round fight, which it's not. Um, and I, I really think Kelvin Gastelum's probably going to finish him here because if you look at every fight that Kelvin Gastelum has ever been in, he's always rocked every one of his opponents. And I don't know if Phil has a reco- can recover from what Kelvin is going to be there to give him. Uh, I think 185 is a great division for Kelvin Gastelum because he has a weird size thing. It might not be a larger advantage, but his size may be an advantage to him. Like you said, car- his cardio thing, but also I feel like, um, you know, his fight with Adesanya, part of the cardio was him getting fucked rocked. Right. You know? Yeah. 
He was getting yeah. fucking. He wasn't getting tuned up. But like you know, when you're getting tired and you're getting concussed at the same time, that really fucking changes shit. And I don't know. I just don't think Till is, is very slick. He, he does the same thing, the same in and out. He likes to throw the one two with the straight. I, I don't know if he's slick enough to to out slick to out slick Gaslam. I think Gaslam's a much slicker striker. I don't think he has any advantage on the ground. Kelvin Gaslam's also a really good wrestler. He could easily. You know, he could easily hit him with a couple overhands, threaten that, and then, you know, just, and just, you know, and just then start threatening with takedowns and, and really make it bad for Till. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick Gaslam here. And I'm sorry for laughing. Um, <laughs> That's fine. No, I, I get was it, not right? laughing at your pick. I was, I was laughing at, at, at what I thought. Was that I felt like, well, he's, I feel like he's told himself. I'm laughing at the fact that you, I felt like you told yourself that a hundred times. That's yeah. <laughs> all I've been doing all week. Just convincing yourself. You know what? Those people more power to you for staying with your guys. Gotta that, go, my guy. You know, that's that's fucking that shows true loyalty. And I I hope I I'm gonna pick Gaslam, but if you if you're betting serious money on Till, I'm gonna hope Till wins only so you can get paid, man. No, I'm not betting serious. I would have bet serious money if like Till came in with no losses on his record. And this was a matchup. I'd still hate it for him. But I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet a little bit on him. I mean, I get a nice return on it, but. uh yeah, I, listen, the only thing I can hope for is Kelvin's coming off that fighting the best in the world. We just saw how good it, Adesanya was against Whitaker. Kelvin could come in a little overconfident. Everyone's gassing him up about how good he looked and how Till's looked bad. Till can do something, but, you know, listen, I, I, Kelvin Gassim's a beast. I mean, there's no way there's no way around it. He's he's unbelievable. He hurts everybody. He does. He, 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 I mean, he every does. Every fight against him, he, he fucking hurts him. Like, yeah. he, he hurts everybody. The guy cracks. Yeah. He may be low-key... Like, well, let's like, who at one eighty five can crack? Let's just go through top fifteen. Jocko, can he crack? Not really. Um, Amari Akhmedov, kind of. Well, let's let's start at number. Let's start at we'll start at ten because ten is Uriah Hall. Yeah. Um, Uriah Hall punching power. What what do you think about Uriah Hall? I think he's accurate and pretty powerful, but not you know nothing too crazy. Ian Heinish, not not a lot of power there. But once you get up to like Jockery, like Jockery can crack. Jackerman's not really. Cannonier could fucking crack. Yeah. Yoel can crack. Paul Acosta can crack. And Kelvin, Kelvin but, fucking. Kelvin dropped. might be one of the hard dude. He might be the hardest puncher in that division. Yeah. He, <laughs> he fucking dropped out of Sonya. He dropped Jockery. He dropped Wideman. I mean, he's he's a fucking beast. All right, we gotta get to the main event. Let's get all to the right, main event. Right. We got to get to this big main event. So we got Jorge Masvidal, who's 34 and 13. He's a minus 165 favorite. He's fighting Nate Diaz, who's 20 and 11, who's a plus 135 underdog. Devin, main event time, baby. Who you got for the BMF title? It's strange that I that um, that Diaz is actually coming in as an underdog because like all the people I see on social media, like all in the comments and all these MMA on all these MMA accounts. Are all saying like Diaz, 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 but I guess the people that are, are only betting true money or betting Masvidal, um, I think it should be more even more of a pick 'em. Um, I I'm do I am taking Masvidal to win, um, and just because like Masvidal is one of my guys, the same way that Till's one of your guys. Yeah, um, Masvidal is one of my guys. I really like him. Um, we come we literally come from the same area. We grew up in the same neighborhood. Like we, you know, like. I know where he's from. I'm from there as well. I know what it's like to be from there. Um, and I, I respect where he came from. I also really, really respect his skills. I think he's really, really slick. And I, I'm, I'm trying to think of 
ways that Nate Diaz wins, and I can. Nate Diaz can out cardio him potentially, can potentially hurt him to the body. And everybody talks about like, oh, Nate. Everybody's like, oh, you know, look what Nate Diaz did to Pettis, and I, I think that when has Masvidal been finished? So I've been finished it's once like, in his MMA career. You know, only been finished once, and it was like some inverted triangle. Oh, I'm sorry. He's been, excuse me, he's been finished twice. He's only been knocked out once. Uh, Toby Yamada got him with the inverted triangle, which was a crazy. And then Rodrigo Dam dropped him, and the fucking ref jumped into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Masvidal does get touched, too. Like, he'll get yeah. touched, but I don't think Diaz cracks hard enough to get that flash knockdown or knocked out from Masvidal. Maybe he out cardios him and hurts him to the body and maybe finish. I, I could see Diaz potentially, you know, getting dirty with a clinch pushing him against the cage, giving him knees to the body. Nadia actually has look, is looking a little bit bigger at 170. You know, mm-hmm. he's looking bigger. He looked pretty big last fight. But he was kind of sluggish, and he, he wasn't too fast-twitch. Masvidal is super fast-twitch. He has, like, super slick striking, super fast-twitch react, muscle reaction. Like, he's got really fast reaction time. I just don't know, like, their stand-up. I would say in a stand-up fight, depending on where it goes, I think Masvidal has a lot of advantages. On the ground, I think off of their backs, Diaz can be more dangerous, but I don't think it's going there. And I think Masvidal has great wrestling and enough to potentially stop anything that Diaz wants to do there. I think the only way Diaz wins this fight is if he out-cardios him, because I, I just think Masvidal's going to be too slick on the feet. I think he's going to I think he's going to hurt Nate. Um, Nate has a chin, but he can also be hurt. And if you look at if you look at Masvidal's finishing instincts, just look at the cowboy fight. The second he had him hurt, his freaking two, like his combination striking is just so fast. Body, body, head, 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 body. Like it's so fast and so put together. And I think that even if he doesn't get a concuss, like a fully on, a full on knock, knock out of Diaz, I think he can put Diaz in a place and, and put enough fast punches on him so where that ref might, might jump in and stop it. Um, but I think this fight will go to decision. I think it's going to be a crazy fucking scrap. Um, and I'm, I'm picking Masvidal, but I'm, I'm just hoping for an amazing fucking fight. We, right. we all deserve this fight. Yeah. Yeah, it should be an amazing fight. I want to preference before I break this down. I, I really like both guys. More of a Masvidal guy than a Diaz. I've never really fully understood the Diaz appeal, right? I didn't really love Nate or Nick, excuse me, with, with his whole Stockton slap thing. I like Nate, um, but I don't love Nate, right? So I like Masvidal, and I think Masvidal... If he wins, it'll be better for that division. I think he's a bigger star because he's been doing the media rounds at Sports Center, ESPN, whatever, and he's killing it, right? Everyone loves this guy. He's he's, he's charismatic, charismatic. Uh, Nate Diaz is not so much. He is who he is, which is cool, and people like that, but other people don't like it. So with this fight, listen, uh, you know, I like again. I just praise Jorge Masvidal. Nate Diaz to me did not look great. In the Pettis fight, I know that was almost three years off. He was a little little sluggish coming out, but he fought a really smart fight. Didn't give Pettis distance, so he didn't get kicked much. Pressed him against the cage, used his length, used his size, wore Diaz out, or excuse me, wore Pettis out. Took him down a couple times, had some nice scrambles, boxed him up, boxed to the body. Uh, Jorge Masvidal has only been five rounds twice. Both times he lost. He went five rounds with Gilbert Melendez, lost a decision in strike force, and he went five rounds with Benson Henderson in the UFC and lost a split decision. Um... 
He didn't look great in either of his fights, right? He looked, he slowed down a little bit. Those both were at 155 where he was making a pretty big cut. So I'm going to take that into account. Nate Diaz, we all know the Diaz brothers don't get tired, right? There's two things, right? They can take a fucking shot and they don't get tired. Uh, I think if this was a three round fight, I think Jorge Masada wins. I think he could outpoint Diaz in three rounds, put out more of an output. Since it's a five round fight, Nate Diaz, though, I think he's going to start a little slow. It's going to take him a while to get in there and really kind of work things out. He's going to work the body. He's going to let Jorge shoot his shots. You know, he's going to slip and rip. He does have good boxing, not overly powerful, but it's like a volume thing. He does put hands on you. You know, he'll piece you up to the body. He doesn't kick a lot. Masvidal doesn't kick a ton either. He does have a pretty good body kick. Obviously, he has a good flying knee. I don't know if that's really going to come into play here because Nate's taller than Masvidal. Um, I don't see Nate really shooting for takedowns. Masvidal might mix it up and shoot a takedown. Masvidal is really good wrestling. Over the years, his wrestling has become really good. I don't know if Nate could really take Masvidal down in the early rounds. If he's going to take Masvidal down, it's going to be later in the rounds if Masvidal gets tired. Masvidal does have really good takedown defense. Um, this fight I've been back and forth on, right? I, I, I really, really want George to win. I really want Masvidal to win. I, I like Masada for the future of this division. I think it's a long time coming for him. I want him to get paydays. He's an exciting guy. I'd much rather watch Masada fight Colby or fight Usman than, than Nate. I'd rather watch that happen because I think Nate would have trouble with those really, really strong wrestlers. Uh, I think Masada could handle himself really well in those fights. So I'm rooting for Masada. However, I'm going Nate Diaz. I'm picking the underdog. I had to let you wait a little bit. Listen, uh, I've been on the fence, and I knew you were going to pick Masvidal. That's your guy. Um, I like Masvidal a lot. He's not technically one of my guys, but I do root for him. Um, but Nate Diaz being the underdog, I mean, I got him at plus 135. Some books have him at as high as plus 155. I think five-round fight cardio is going to come into big play here, and, and I got to go with Nate Diaz. I got to go with Nate. Man, that's – you know. Tell me. Tell me. The only way I see him winning that fight, I really think that – I think potentially – Masvidal can put him out there, um, put him out of there too. Um, it's going to be crazy because nobody really finishes Diaz. I really do think that for the division, uh, Jorge winning this fight will be great because that means if he wins this fight, he's fighting the winner of Usman and Colby. And damn, yeah. you know, six months ago, right. I would have laughed at anybody picking Colby Covington. Right. But low key, early pick, I'm picking Colby Covington for yeah, that fight. I know. It's tough. Usman's one of my guys, but. Kobe, Kobe's I love good. Usman, but bro, everything. So, they, Kobe has made so many improvements. He's making fucking improvements. He's yeah. really good. Um, and I would love to see him and Jorge fight. That'd be fucking awesome. It'd be awesome. Um, It'd be awesome. awesome. I, and I think that you know, low key, I think they realize that they're like, hey, you know what? We're in these high places. Let's let's fucking let's let's start a little beef up, man, and let's let's see where this fucking goes. You're you're for your next for a title shot. I'm getting my title shot. Right. All right. So I, I hate to speed some up, speed it up here, but we do. I do have a little girl that needs to go to sleep. So, Devin, give me your lock of the night. Can be anybody. Can be underdog, favorite, whatever. Lock of the night. Hello. Uh oh. I gotta call this guy back here. Yeah. forwarded to it i think devin's phone might have died there <laughs> he was having phone here we go he's calling back now <laughs> i thought your phone died bro 
No, I heard you say, uh-oh, and I was like, I'm here. I'm here. Right. My, my, my system must have fucked up then. Okay. So what I, I was trying to speed some things up here. So what I need from you is a lock of the night. Okay. Could be favorite um, underdog. We're going to do underdog locks tonight, but you're locking night, guaranteed winner. So my guaranteed winner, this is really going to be hard, but I'm going to go with Gaslam. Gaslam. Okay. Kevin Gaslam. And you think he's going to finish or one by decision? Uh, well, our picks are so close. I think we only differ on like two fights. So I'm going to go with finish. Finish? Okay, so I get you an extra point if he finishes. I'm going to go with Steven Thompson as my lock of the night. He's going to win by decision. I don't think he's going to finish Luke K. So that's it. Okay, so give me an underdog lock of the night that you, the underdog guy that if you had the bet, your whole savings account on, who would it be? So, man, um, did I even pick any underdog? <laughs> I don't know if you did, bro. Did you go all chalk? I don't think I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did. You got you got chance rencounter. Chance rencounter was your underdog, and then uh, you picked Jennifer Maya too. She was an underdog as well. Okay, so I'm gonna actually go my underdog pick. I'm gonna go with Jennifer Maya. Okay, and underdog lock of the night. And you think she's gonna finish or not? Probably decision, right? You got to go decision. Decision. Okay. That's going to decision. All right. So yeah, we differ on a handful of things here. I think my underdog lock will be. Oh man. I'm gonna go Nate Diaz. I'm gonna go just to make the main event a little bit a little bit. And I think actually he's gonna no, he won't he'll he'll decision. I don't think he'll finish Mosfoda. I thought maybe he can get a late submission. I doubt it. Okay. So that's the card there. We differ on let me just break it down here. We differ on Arce Adawadu. We differ on Burgos Miracani. We differ on Till Gaslam in the main event, Masvidal Diaz. So we differ on a handful. So this could be interesting, man. Okay. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. All right. This Devin, is, go ahead, bud. One last thought. No, this is going to be great, man. Thanks for having me on. I can't wait to uh, – I'll be texting you on I'll be texting you on Saturday. I'm excited, bud. I, I appreciate you doing this. Hopefully we're 3-3. Three and three. We'll see who pulls out of, uh, out of this one, buddy. I appreciate you hopping on. Oh, I'm stoked, man. Have a great one, dude. All right, see ya. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Now, a real podcast producer, as I'm not a producer, I produce my own podcast, would probably edit out the uh, the little mishap there where we, where I lost Devin. And if if it sounded a little odd, Devin was using different headphones, and I don't want to know if it was on his side or my side. But when I talked um, with with the knob up, the listening to him, uh, I heard myself really loud in my headphones, so I had to mute him while I spoke. So it. You know, if you listen back to this and it sounds kind of weird, I apologize. I'm going to try to maybe fix it in post. I don't know. Can I be an actual real producer and fix things? I don't know. But we went an hour 13, pretty long podcast. Amazing card. Insane card. You can't go wrong with this card. I'm telling everybody, buy this card. If you've never bought a UFC pay-per-view before, buy this card. It's going to be sick. Prelims are great. Main card's great. Um, I love the, I mean, everyone's gonna be there. Donald Trump's gonna be the rocks putting the belt on, uh, Nate or Jorge, uh, f- fucking Robert Kraft's gonna be there. Hopefully not getting jerked off in the stands, but, uh, it was fun. I appreciate Devin coming on as always. We got a nice little battle going here and as always follow me on MMA takes on Twitter, MMA takes podcast on Instagram. Um, we are active on very, you know, Devin handles a lot of the Instagram stuff. So we are active on very, uh, very active on both those, uh, platforms and uh, I'm going to have a video pick up for you Friday. Um, I know I shit the bed with the last pick. 
uh, with uh, the last time I picked uh, for you guys. I'm, I'm not doing so good with the video picks, you know. Um, I'm really upset by that, but, you know, I'm going to put out a video. I'm going to film it tomorrow and put that out. Very confident. Maybe I'll give you two picks. I feel like you guys deserve two picks. If you're not going to listen to the full podcast, maybe, you know, maybe you deserve two two free picks there. And uh, hopefully we make some money this weekend, boys. I need it. I'm ice cold. Ice cold. All right. So, um, again, uh, if... You listen to this podcast and there was no technical difficulties, then I edited it. If there was technical difficulties, I didn't edit it because I'm a lazy piece of shit and tomorrow's Halloween. And, uh, you know, I have a two-year-old that wants candy. So it is what it is. All right. I will talk to you guys after uh, UFC 244. Enjoy the fights. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your life. Bye-bye. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. Okay. He will rock you. He will roll you Baby, don't you know My heat will move your soul Come on, come on, come on, come on Love me today Love me tomorrow Feel, 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 feel my heat. I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?